Ashamai, Achoi Soiskos, Podlediad Consortium Knobach the Day. And a Podlediad Hun, but looking clowered, a troubled day fed do with Ara and Bob Math or Bethe Arisk. Hello and welcome to SCOS, the Central South Consortium podcast. In this podcast, we'll bring you the very latest discussions on all things education. Hello and welcome to one of the Central South Consortia podcasts. Today, we're going to be discussing blended learning, which has been an accelerated learning experience for teachers, learners and parents. We'll consider this morning meeting learners' needs within school contexts, some opportunities and challenges that were faced, how they were overcome, and we'll also look ahead as we return back to school at some practices that can potentially be further developed. But first, some introductions. I'm Clarissa Brind, Assistant Head Teacher at Reader Penny Primary School, and today I'm joined by two colleagues. So over to you, Beck. Hello, I'm Becky Connor, Senior Assistant Head Teacher at Stanwell School in Penarth, with responsibility for professional learning, learning and teaching, and ALN. I'm going to pass over to a colleague from Cardiff High. Hi, my name is Sean Isaac, and as Becky said, I'm from Cardiff High, and I'm an Associate Assistant Head Teacher. And this year I've had involvement in the quality assurance aspect and delivery of training centred around blended learning programme. That's great. Thanks, Sean and Beck. Well, we'll start, first of all, by just considering this question. How did you ensure that within your blended learning offer that it was manageable and it met the needs of your learners? Now, there's probably a lot there to think about because as we consider blended learner, we've gone through, as we said earlier, a really accelerated learning programme. Um, but we're mindful now of what we've just experienced. And it would be great if you could just share the manageability and how those learners needs were met. Absolutely. Shall I start there then? Um, yes, basically, um, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it was a massive journey and that's a big question to start with. And I think it's important to recognise that the first period of school closure was a massive steep learning curve for everybody, um, staff, pupils, parents, everybody involved. Um, and I don't want to dwell too much on that because we've come such a long way from that period. Yeah. But what we discovered very quickly informed our final sort of approach to blended learning um, during the second school closure period. For us, it was about looking at this um, from a multi sort of dimensional perspective. So we looked at the operational considerations and obviously consulted the Welsh Government guidelines to do with how you facilitate such a change in direction, really. We had to consider the technological implications, what platforms we used, the level of skill, how we cascaded the training to our, our staff and to our children. Yeah. We yeah. had to explore the safeguarding um, element of this way of working. And then most importantly for me, um, I think we really had to explore our approach to pedagogy and how we replicated our vision and our beliefs for learning and teaching and pedagogy in a remote setting. So we had a sort of four pronged approach, if you like, to, to developing it. During the second um, period of school closure, we really focused on what we'd learnt uh, in the first um, period of school closure. And we, we're very fortunate in Stanley that we have an embedded approach to inquiry, which informs our direction really for professional learning. So we 
drew on those approaches. We inquired and reflected on everything that had gone before. And that enabled us then to put together an offer that we, we thought reflected what we'd learned from the first period and took into account, you know, our direction of travel for the second. Yeah, thanks, Bex. Yes. And it, it is that real attention to what's happening for your learners, what's happening to your staff, and how can you make this as seamless a transition as possible? Sean, do you want to add to that? What was your experience? Yeah, I think very similar. I think that in, during the first lockdown, it came such as a, a, a sudden um, event, really, that actually what we had to do very quickly was uh, gauge whether pupils and staff had access to the resources to be able to jump straight into yeah. this digital learning forum. So we obviously had to spend some time identifying whether pupils had access to the Internet, whether they had access to computers and devices at home. And then staff went straight into offering their lessons um, in a digital format. And the manageability of that was quite challenging initially. I mean, I think certainly we were guilty of, of almost overdoing it and mm. providing so much material that when we started to settle down and say, right, let's review what we're doing and, and start to amend this and improve it, what was really clear was that pupils needed some real support in terms of structure and planning their days and developing their resilience and independence from home. And part of that involved us actually having to scale back what we were offering. What we also then found was going into September was it was really clear what our pupils were really missing from what we were delivering was that interaction with their teacher. So yeah, having a PowerPoint or having a worksheet, mm -hmm. sorry there, uh, Carissa, um, yeah, it's fine. Having, having that, and we, we, we felt in the original lockdown, we were producing these really high quality materials but actually pupils needed to be able to discuss with their teachers. They needed to be questioned. They needed to be supported. And so that really informed our um, blended learning timetable as we went into September, where what the teaching and learning team did was they worked really hard to devise a really highly structured program that involved a combination of both live lessons utilizing Google Meets, um, webinars, which had a very high teacher presence on them, but didn't involve the teacher being there live. So recordings, videos, um, and so on. And then also having a blend of self-study included in that in order to ensure that pupils were developing their independence and resilience and have an opportunity to, to uh, have a little bit of downtime in between as yeah. well. Because I think that's a really important point, isn't it? Because otherwise, the, the amount of street screen fatigue, the amount of time at which they are staying in a certain position, that lack of movement also is an isolation factor as well, isn't it? So yeah. it's important to ensure that, yeah, all those different needs are met. Can I ask then, Sean, did you survey your pupils to be able to find out um, how to meet their needs most appropriately? Yes, so um, it, what, what we did is in September, we immediately um, convened a new student parliament and we used those in the initial um, stages to kind of say, look, what worked, what didn't work, what would you like to see if we were to go into lockdown again? And that, that came back through then the learning and teaching team and that informed the building of the blended learning um, timetable. That timetable was then issued to all pupils and communicated with both pupils and parents. And the idea being then, if we go into any sort of um, self-isolation or any full lockdown, we will resort to this timetable. So straight away, we felt that, that, that there, was, um, there was more clarity and that 
clearly staff and pupils and parents were more relaxed because they knew what was expected of them um, going into the, any further lockdowns. Yeah, it's well, really yeah. interesting. Sorry to interrupt. It's really no, no, interesting because you, the way you've approached it is almost word for word identical to the way in which we've approached it in Stanwell. And we did ours in a sort of um, FAQ document that we shared with pupils, parents and staff. We had alternative versions mm. that basically answered any possible question about the procedure, the timetabling, the amount of time you know the downtime and, and all of those things that you mentioned so it's really interesting to hear how we've approached the operational aspects in a very similar way really absolutely and I think that that listening to you know the parents and pupils and taking their feedback on board is really really important because uh, you you can from our perspective I think we were so concerned about making sure we had you know something really detailed provided for every single lesson that it's only when you take a step back and think what does that actually look like for a learner? Yeah. And when our learning and teaching team sat down, they actually pulled out individual pupils and individual members of staff's timetable and said, if I was that pupil, what would this week look like for me? How many live lessons would I be expected to sit in front of? How many tasks and webinars would I have? How many self-studies? And is that actually manageable for our learners? And mm. likewise, we did the same for staff as well. Um, so that we could we could proportion it in a, in the most appropriate way. Yeah, because the well-being of staff is was, was is and was such a crucial part, wasn't it, within the measured learning yes. office? That well. was re that was really important, Clarissa, um, because obviously this was a brand new way of working and still is. Yeah. Um, and balancing that, and and one thing that I'm I'm so glad we had embedded it in school before the pandemic was a, a culture of professional learning and a system. Mm whereby we could continue with that, albeit virtually, but our focus for our professional learning turned very quickly then to upskilling and exploring yes. the pedagogy behind what we're doing remotely. Um, yeah. And as you say, Sean, you know, looking then at the diet that the children had to ensure that it really was a blend. Um, yeah. I know some colleagues in other schools decided to go every single lesson being live probably Sean for the benefits that you outlined earlier being able to have that interaction yeah but actually we believe fundamentally you know in, in a research informed approach which suggests that the blend is important that the children and the young people get a variety so um we were able to sort of co-construct that with our staff through our professional learning system and and plan and plan collaboratively to ensure exactly like you said Sean that there was that true blend mm. Yeah, and I think that that professional learning comment is so important as well, because I think perhaps one of the things that that we misjudged originally was both um, we made an assumption that young people are completely au fait with their IT skills and we made assumptions about what they were able to do and what they weren't and equally same for the staff. So when we came back in September, we went straight into using any inset and training time um, to actually upskill our staff to make sure that if we were to go into any uh, period of time where we were going to be learning in, in that digital forum, that staff had both the resources and the skills to be able to do that confidently. And likewise, we did the same for our pupils through form tutor time and PSE as well. So we tried to upskill there. And what we did was we tried to also reflect, almost differentiate for staff. So yeah. we actually offered a range of different workshops and said look what, you know what are you least comfortable in what would you like to focus your attention on and mm -hmm. we spent those first few days giving people the opportunity to go to select sessions for themselves 
and go to those and, and learn um, about areas of digital teaching that they had never come across before. It's almost um, a self-evaluative bespoke professional learning system, isn't it really, that, that gives yeah. them that resource that they need. So would you both say then that through through this experience and through the investment in the provision, that relationships were strengthened between staff, pupils, parents as well? Yeah, I would totally um, support that, I think, because mm. um, we very much like Sean had working parties, inquiry based working parties that would evaluate and reflect on on, on a pedagogy or on a technological platform and, and work together. So that co-construction was really, really important. But one of the things that, that I think has really enhanced relationships you know, we still got a school to run um, during this. And so yeah. we had to focus on our sort of self-evaluation processes. Now, according to our traditional pre-pandemic, we would have been doing lesson observations in, in September in the autumn yeah. term. Well, we decided in line with staff well-being and everything else that we would we would not do that. Um, but actually, what we needed to do was find out what was happening with remote learning. So we changed our approach to self-evaluation. Luckily, we've got a culture of coaching, uh, culture of coaching in our school, and we uh, made sure that every staff member had a coaching conversation where the focus was blended learning and what their their sort of strengths and areas of concern for their own practice. And we used that to sort of further inform our professional learning journey. Yeah. Very, very, very similar. I mean, uh, it's, it's lovely to actually hear that, you know, from another school and kind of it, it gives you confidence in terms of your, your thought processes. Um, yeah, it certainly but, does. Yeah. And I think what we've had is a really, really positive response from pupils, parents and staff. I think that there's so much in the media as well about the variability of what was actually offered that mm -hmm. I, certainly the, the impression we get from our parents is that they've been incredibly grateful for the efforts that the staff and the school have gone through to ensure that there is this balance and that we have not just um, thrown out PowerPoints or just thrown out everything as live lessons, that there is a consideration of yeah. the learner and their individual needs. Yeah. Um, and, and likewise, staff, you know, it, it's been such a challenging year for staff and so much has been asked of, of teachers in the last year um, that, they, that to actually invest that time and effort in upskilling them and saying, we know this is scary, how can we support you? that's had such a good response um, and equally what's been lovely as well is that we've then tried to regularly revisit that with um, sharing of best practice and using things like curriculum leaders and departmental meetings to say well what have we learned since have you have you learned something recently that you can share that would benefit other members of staff outside of your department yeah those celebrations um, and those reflections on practice has yeah. been a really important part of this hasn't it because it hasn't been an easy journey for all sorts of reasons because you've also got to appreciate that as we touched on earlier pupils have had a very different experience personally and educationally mm. and the same is true for staff as well isn't it there's a range of different personal experiences well can I ask you both then um what challenges you you may have faced as you've developed your blended learning offer and how have you managed to overcome any of those challenges? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think one of the, the challenges has been about engagement mm. um, because you can track engagement, but what does engagement really look like remotely? Because if yeah. a child is signed on to a live lesson or that's a tick in the box, they're present. 
but we can't see what they're doing in their bedroom. You can't read the nonverbal communication. You can't check that they uh, um, are understanding in the same way as you could in a classroom. So we've really done some work on inquiring how we track that engagement through the different areas of the blend. So staff have had to complete weekly engagement logs in terms of live streaming, submission of work, the marking assessment and feedback, and the formative and summative assessments that we've we've carried on through the remote learning process. So we've had to look at it very holistically to measure true engagement, not just the child has logged on at the right time. So that was quite interesting. And the other challenge that we have, and we still continue to have, I don't have an answer for this one at the moment. Now, thank goodness, our children and young people are coming back to school. Um, and we're operating now in a much more face-to-face -face, um, way. The problems and the issues come for children who will inevitably have to be self-isolating as we go along. Yeah. And how do staff teach the children that are in front of them and also then provide an equitable experience for those that are self-isolating through no fault of their own yes. at home? And where does that blend of live lessons mm. and uploaded content and independent work and how we sort of juggle and manage that? So we are still very much working that through, I have to say. We've created yes. some activity grids that are uploaded as a matter of course that supplement the schemas of learning so that right from the outset children can follow their timetable from home but we're still looking and inquiring on the um, potential for live streaming whilst face-to-face -face teaching and we've got a working party who are working on that at the moment um, to see whether that's feasible really. Yeah very pertinent point back because that's what we're all facing at the moment isn't it is this consideration of how do you manage um, those situations as you described. Mm. Um, Sean, are there any specific challenges you you faced within Cardiff High? Yeah, so, yeah so, I mean, very similarly, uh, you know, kind of engagement has been uh, a particular concern with us. I mean, it, it, exactly as you say, you know, just because somebody has logged on doesn't mean they're actually engaged in the lesson or that they are making progress. Um, so what we've done is within our development of um, staff training what we've tried to do is focus on embedding the, the teaching and learning techniques we use as a school in face-to-face -face learning in, and how and how does that look in a digital classroom so how can we transfer those skills um, and using what we call our teaching techniques so we have eight teaching techniques that we try to use across the school for consistency so we we've done a lot of inset work based on the idea of how can we transfer that into the classroom we've also focused then on the idea of our reports, what we've tried to do is um, build in some more attitudinal based supports um, and attitudinal based reports that give parents an idea of whether the, the children are engaged and making progress within their learning rather than focus on an actual grade or numerical progress score. Yeah. Um, and then finally, volume of work and just actually remembering that what they do at home because they don't have that life support, sometimes need stripping back. So actually as teachers, maybe not overdoing it and stripping back and focusing on quality, not quantity. Mm, absolutely. Really wise words, John, really wise words. Well, I think we've discussed and covered so many different areas and different ideas there, and we could probably carry on chatting much, much longer. But I think for the purpose of our podcast, um, that would be a good chance to leave it there. So we'd just like to point you to some resources that are available for you to look through. There's blended learning guidance and a range of resources on the CSE website that you're able to access. 
Um, there's also some really useful webinars for schools by schools that are available within the CSC website for you to look at again um, examples of practice and and different ways in which schools have overcome any challenges they have faced. But we hope you've enjoyed our conversation today. See you soon. Bye. Cofiwch yn dilyn ar Twitter a Facebook, tan ysgrifio i'n sianel YouTube, a mino yn cymunedau ar ein gwefan a darllen ein bulletin ysgolion wythnosol am y newyddion diwedd araf. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sgwrs. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, join our online communities via our website and read our weekly school bulletin for the latest news. Hwyl y mytro. Bye for now.